0: not gonna name anyone but it rhymes with itch uh was quite critical of uh, as a player i would say in that in that spring split um and that's nice to see it i don't even want to don't even give me that face person who rhymes with itch don't even do it because we all fucking know Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. Grumpy man moaning about eSports. We've got a guest on today, the first time in Side Select's history. We've got a beautiful other human being on to share their bucket of wisdom with us. I would like to introduce the god Gilius
1: himself, Mr. Burke. How are you doing today, my man? Hey, nice to be here. Um, thanks uh, for inviting me. And I'm doing great. I just went to the gym, came back and now I'm here, you know? Oh, wow. Are you going to give us a cheeky flex? No, no. I don't. No, okay, that's fine. I still got well. the bitch tits, you know, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> All right, well,
0: you're working on those. I actually do, if you, if, I don't know if you've watched any Side States episodes before, but it's a tradition at the introduction here, I ask you about some really important topic, okay? Um, food. I want to know when you go for your average LEC day. What does your like food routine look like? You know, like what well, you wake up, you, do you get food straight away, or do you, you know do you wait? to play your games first. Like, tell me what goes on in in the kind of like food slash belly department when you're playing your professional League of Legends.
1: Um, so before a match day, it's really important for me that I eat a really big meal before the match day, like basically the day before, like before I go to sleep, like have a full belly when I wake up on match day and then have breakfast, normal. Like, breakfast is really important for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I like to eat a small meal, like, a few hours before the match, and then just starve myself through the rest of the day. Like, just starving, like, being hungry, makes me very hungry for kills, and makes (laughs) me play good. Um, In BO5, it's a bit different. In BO5, I don't want to be too hungry for too many games. Like, eat a snack here and there. But it's usually, just for quick
2: like an omelette. Are you a fan of omelettes?
1: I-, I love omelettes. Right? I love. Okay, okay. Yeah, like... That makes
2: sense then, because I wondered why all those team hogs when they kept kicking, it kept saying that line like you got to break a few eggs to make an omelette. Mm. It's because you love omelettes, right? There we go. <laughs> makes sense now. Okay. <laughs> ah, okay. I've just
3: realised because obviously perks says something similar <laughs> I that he. Uh... <laughs> but he likes, to, he likes to sort of starve himself a little bit as well. Is this like the gamer nerd equivalents of like a boxer abstaining from sex, but obviously yeah. gamers yeah. don't Take have sex?
2: In so. interesting detail? This is actually something, no joke, that Fatality, the old school Quake legend. Actually, this was his style of how he actually did tournaments. Back when everyone took no attention whatsoever to like professionalism or like drinking water or sports science, what he used to do was in the morning, he would have a really big breakfast and he wouldn't eat anything else the whole day. And his whole philosophy was he wanted to like get his feet but then he wanted to sort of know that he was at the same exact sort of like state throughout the whole day. He didn't want to feel like you know you put a burger in at three and does it affect you for the matches at five or what do you do for the game goes to nine? And that was actually his philosophy for really. He like sort of it's like what you say with perks it makes me wonder if they got some of that.
1: I mean, my, my philosophy is like I read that the brain takes a lot of energy for digestion of food, and like different kinds of foods takes a lot of uh, brain power. Um, and if you are fasting. Like I tried fasting for a few years now, like five hours in a row or like morning till afternoon, and I usually play really well well during fasting. And then when I eat something, I usually start inting. Right. Uh, it's just depends depends you know depends on the day. Like sometimes I like to eat a lot. Sometimes when it's two clutch games, two important games, then I don't eat anything. The thing you know? is, we shouldn't make this too
3: mainstream, or Casper from Astralis, or just hire two more nutritionists instead of a decent mid laner. So we, <laughs> we got to be responsible with the messaging we're giving out on this show that's all <laughs> i'll say nutritionists do not make up for bad players yeah, okay and uh you, you guys have already heard them talk today we of course we have got
0: rich and thorin i actually did have an important question to ask you guys oh, okay. as well based off of a conversation i had the other day what is the go-to topping slash bread on eggy bread
3: i'm starting with rich so I actually had an argument. In French toast do
2: you mean? Yeah. Well, wow, toast, like bread, interesting. Yeah. So I actually oh, uh, had we get an, into this as okay well. now.
3: So no, because I, 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 I was uh I was eating uh whatever, lunch, dinner, whatever it was. Um, and my mum asked me if I wanted she was gonna make some French quote unquote French toast and she asked me if I wanted any. So I was like, Oh, okay. A bit odd, but yeah, sure, why not? And I got there and it was literally just Eggie bread, and I was like, "That's not French toast, though, is it?" It's like
2: store it like, like, store, is, is it? She's like, oh this is this is the
3: thing." I don't know, is it? Yeah. She said, "No, that is French Uh-oh. toast," and I was like, "No, French toast is when you like marinate it in syrup, and also egg." Or, whatever, or like, is it sugar and egg, or oh, whatever it is? Anyway, I've that's what I've that. always understood French toast to be. And she was like, No. I was like, Well, then it's just eggy bread, isn't it? What's the difference? So, what is the difference What's between eggy thing? bread?
0: Well, I would say eggy bread. Okay, so you get a dish, you got a plate, yeah? You crack some eggs, you whisk it up in the plate. And so you just got like, you just got some, some like soggy egg in there. Dip your bread in, flop it about a little bit, whatever, get it all nice in there, chuck it in the frying pan, fry it up, sorted, done. You know, none of this fancy right. stuff too much. Yeah. So what you put on that? If this is the premise for eggy Bread? Like it sounds
2: more like you're describing like a fucking croque monsieur or something, Rich. Like a fucking full no. like, on thing with all sugar and Everybody that. But got like... fingers through it out.
3: No, it's just bread <laughs> marinated in egg but also with sugar and like maple syrup. That's like, if, good. if you go, to, if you go good. to a restaurant and order French toast, they won't give you eggy Bread, put it that way. They no, will okay. give you something close know. to what I described. I just don't know what the actual defining difference is between the two. But in terms right. of like, what is the best topping, I would say maple syrup because that would in mm-hmm. fact make it then French toast and I quite like French toast. Syrup is nice on eggy bread. I can get behind that. We'll value
0: I, think it I have
2: it. any topping. i just, just eat the egg toast. Does whatever. anyone else have ketchup on their eggy bread? It's pretty good. Oh, no, I mean, good. Right? anything with eggs is pretty good to be fair. And, I mean, ketchup rather. Yeah, you, pretty pretty don't good
1: like you don't like the idea of ketchup on it. But I, I'm, I'm done with ketchup because in, in Elements, uh, Niff, my coach back then, used to cook for us and coach us and the meta in the gaming house was whatever food Nif makes we put ketchup on it because it's bad cocaine <laughs> no nah, like it was okay, okay. i think okay. but i don't know like someone invented
2: too much cu- too much ketchup I, yeah, yeah i can't, done, I can't right? fucking, I, i'm done with ketchup yeah <laughs> okay i used to be like right. a
3: ke- put a ketchup on everything kind of guy like put mm. it on pasta like fuck it literally everything oh. but i've gone off that now i think that's uh yeah, That's how but... like
2: we could have actually wrecked fucking Foxtrot when he was saying about didn't like steak. Well, what we should have just asked him is, does he ever put ketchup on it? And if he said yes, that, that would have been game over. Right. I think he said you did, didn't you? I... Of course. Of course.
1: <laughs> on steak? <laughs> oh, hey, right,
2: right. <laughs> it's the thing to worry about. It's all past episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's not get into that because I will get torn apart for saying that. Let's move on to what we actually came in and talk about. Not eggy bread not food in general, but League of Legends. We've got a whole playoff series for you guys today on uh, Epi. And of course, it wouldn't be any justice if we have Gilius on the show without asking him about his experience at DC and uh, with SK. You guys were very close to making the playoffs, Gideon. Um, it was mm-hmm. what one or two games off. Like, it was, it was. yeah, I mean, you've you probably couldn't have come much closer if you tried, to be honest. Um, but ultimately, you didn't make it. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on the season on on this spring split. You know, what kind of went wrong and maybe what you could have done differently for the postseason looking forward to summer
1: um so yeah we were one game away basically if we win versus Axel, we would make it because we knew we were gonna beat misfits because they were really really bad uh, at that time um so for me it was uh, personally it was really bad for me that i had to take six months off um in the summer split last year Um, I basically am a player that plays really well when I'm like uh, always playing and being active and I like evolve myself as a player and I feel like this spring split I basically had to start from scratch. I lost a lot of my habits because in the off season maybe I focused on too much individual stuff and like lost a lot of team play habits and stuff and then I think I'm overall really happy with my team. I think our first uh, half of the split has a lot to do with me also not playing that well. Our scrim results had always been good, but I just couldn't perform in the officials for some reason. And then I kind of found out why that was. I mean, I don't want to go into detail, but then the second half of the season I started doing really well and almost actually made playoffs. And here and there, we dropped some games to like Astralis. We had a 0-2 record with Axel. I think stuff like that just cost us playoffs. And I'm, it's the first time in four to five years that I miss playoffs playing actively for a whole split. So it's a new experience for me. Felt really bad when it happened. Um, but now I watching playoffs, I kind of feel like we wouldn't have gone first anyway. Like uh, I think the Rogue... G2 and Fnatic look really, really strong, in my opinion, right now. And I don't think we would have caught up to that. Like, we would have never won first. So I'm, like, fine with it, you know. And, like, looking forward to summer. And I think we have great chances in summer. Okay. So
0: I was going to say, like, it seems like there was a problem. Then you you identified it, you fixed it. And then from then, you guys started rolling. So good Mm -hmm. news for summer, hopefully, for you two. Um... I, I guess I'll ask Rich and Thorn as well. Like, what do you think from the outside looking in? Like, when you're looking at SK and and how they were performing in amongst the rest of the LEC teams, just to be on, to be just on the edge and not quite making it. Um, anything you would have, you know, identified there
3: as well? I'll come to you first, Rich, on that. Yeah,
2: mute. You're, muted, you're, muted, by the
3: you're muted for us, Rich. Oh, sorry. Obviously, I would say that. Um, yeah, we don't know about like the inner workings and like the coaching mechanisms and what the day-to-day life looks like but like as an outsider looking in and watching the games um i think sk just lacked like i think for sk to win you guys all needed to play like well and everyone to do their job properly i don't feel like there was enough carry threat in the positions where i would want to have it to for you guys to win the odd game here or there where someone can just take over the game like specifically like top mid and ADC like I don't feel like I was sort of sitting back waiting for one of them to explode and pop off and take the game over where you know maybe things weren't going too well um obviously I think that yeah I don't know it's it's difficult because you obviously have spoken about sort of a transitional phase for yourself specifically where you said maybe things weren't going great and then you had a problem and then you fixed it as you say, I didn't see SK as a team that even if you did get into playoffs that you guys would go much further, obviously anything can happen. The meta could drastically shift in your favor and then suddenly it works really well for someone and it catapults you forward with certain picks. I just felt that overall um, there wasn't just quite enough carry threat. And to be honest, for for, for spring split, I was quite impressed with SK. I think I, I think I actually had you guys finishing exactly where you did finish, but I didn't think you'd win as many games as you guys did. So I think considering, as you said, like now with G2, in my opinion, like closing the gap a bit on Fnatic and Rogue, where you do have like a legitimate top three strong teams, I think you guys actually did fine. Like if I was on that roster personally, I wouldn't feel like super upset or deflated. Because as I said, I think like just nipping into playoffs would have been the peak in spring, at least anyway, seeing as obviously it was a new roster and so on as well. And if you had got in, me personally, I don't think you guys would have made noise in playoffs. So yeah, my take is just... I don't think there was quite enough carry threat and I can't really give the reason for that why specifically because... Um, you know, obviously with Gen X, oh, sorry, JNX, as he's now, uh, called, oh, do you say it the same now? Is he just changed it to le- I don't even, I don't even know. whether another, <laughs> another brilliant LEC name change. Um, and of, of, obviously with Certus, who did have a little bit of LEC experience, but not much. Like, I guess it could, you know, uptick in summer. The only thing I guess I would sort of re- reserve, and I don't want to necessarily call an individual out, but I don't see. I don't get Jezu I'll be honest like I I don't get it I don't even think he's bad by the way it's just one of those situations where in EU right now we have so many good AD carry players and if I were SK that would have been a position where I would have looked to have had someone a bit different especially bringing Surtis in who didn't have much LEC experience with the with uh Genax being a known quantity of of what I'm going to get from a ceiling and floor perspective I would have liked to have had a different AD carry personally and uh, again, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you about your own oh, teammates. I... But if I was like the, the CEO or whatever, however the hierarchy works in SK, that is a roster change I would make for Summer because I think there are some baller AD carries in the ERLs. And I think that would be something that would take SK from an also-ran
1: to a potential legit playoff team. I think he, he proves himself every day in the office that like he's he's a lot better than all of these ERL AD carries. Okay, and... fair enough. He also plays really well versus the really good bot lanes in the league, in scrims, and like uh, I think we had two stage games only the split, because we are, I guess, I don't, I'm not sure how the system works, but they only gave us two stage games in the whole split, when Fnatic played like many, but um, basically one of them, Jesu, did really, really well on stage, and he plays really well in, in scrims, so... I think uh, they, like he's really a young player, you know, he's like, I think 21, 20 years old and he's learning a lot and he shows that he's learning stuff, like his learning curve has been amazing The split for me personally to, to see. And it, like we have a lot of hope in him and I, like this is not even a conversation, you know, like we're not doing any roster changes.
3: Fair enough. Heard it here first. SK, no, no. roster changes. <laughs> there you go. Well, maybe I maybe I jinxed it, you know. Like. <laughs> but you yeah, know, Gilly typically gal, typically <laughs> when you're hearing from the org that all or the other players there won't be any roster changes. That means you're the one leaving the <laughs> front door, mate. Just 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 so you know, old old org owner strat there.
1: That's... Not the me thing again. for me
2: is whenever you look at any org if you know anything about the industry side you have to shade that into what you're discussing like uh, so for example last year Mad Lions incredibly overperformed like that org has no business being number one in LEC or a champion or like go to Worlds like actually that's a team where if you look like financially they should be like a playoff team that's it so that's an incredible overperformance right along those lines I actually think SK has overperformed here like I would have picked them before the split to be a bottom two team it would be between them and Astralis I'd probably cynically say Astralis would be the bottom one because I don't think Astralis really had many sort of redeemable players and then I would assume that BDS would have been above them just because I thought what if even just one rookie play as well it happens right didn't happen as was the case and also industry wise I used to work for SK Gaming I know it's not an org that is going to spend a lot of money in modern day esports when the inflation of the salaries has gone out of control so I would also guess they're probably a bottom two team in terms of salaries paid like if you notice they don't tend to get many of the big names coming out of the air else. They get like the group after the big names when the other big dogs come and take theirs. They come and they get a certus. They come and they get a Gen X a a few years ago. They don't get like the number one person. They don't get like the fucking, I mean, even Takui using in LCS actually was more highly rated than some of these players. So to me, realistically, I don't expect them to be a top team. Actually, as you're saying, if they could make playoffs or they're a contender to make playoffs, that's actually job done for my money. And I look at this split. Look, the first half of the split was terrible obviously in terms of record. But even then you look at some of the games that are won and and some of the games that were almost won like I thought actually the team overperformed all in all like they had a couple of really big wins I didn't expect over top teams and then they had some games where I actually think like the team played correctly people just made individual mistakes and lost the game and by the way you could even say the same four teams like Mad Lions were in a similar position like Execution just couldn't win the game for you at that point in terms of the actual roster that's the other problem is I just don't look at the roster and expect that much I think they actually have two players and by the way I don't give a fuck mate you know I'll flame you if I flame you but I would actually say Gillian and treats are the two players who actually uh, in my opinion are uh they're overqualified to be on this roster. They could both be on playoff teams. I actually think Treats low-key. I don't know what's going on politically in his career because I just don't understand. Like I look over at like vitality and I'm like, what is Labrov doing these scrims that fucking makes him so much better than a guy who in actual officials makes the fucking support players and roams that you would want Labrov to make? Like I don't get what fucking I guess fucking Kazi and Perks just must get the best foot rubs ever from Labrov, because I don't get it. So I think Treats is way better. And that's why I think I oh, fuck what Rich said. Jesu sucks, mate. Because here's the problem, Gilius. I don't see scrims and I don't give a fuck yeah, about the RLs. So as a result, I will say I'll give him one piece of context, which is, I think, unfair. Which is, I do think it's unfair when people compare people at the top of the RLs with people at the bottom of the LEC. Because the quality that the LEC guy is playing is way higher than the RL guy. And because the RL guy gets to farm against shit teams, he gets to have all these great pop-off games and then he only has to have a couple of big games in the, like, real matches in the RL. So I do think that's a bit scoffed. It's why every Every year you get these players come into the LEC and then drop back down like the Wu Lights, the fucking Jack Trolls. You all think they suck because you want to watch LEC. You're right, by the way. In LEC they suck, but in ERLs, they are the gods. I'm not joking. They are fucking amazing players. Mm. So my problem with that is like I'm not saying Jesu can't be in LEC. I just don't think he's very good at the moment, and he has traits in his fucking lane. I think Loki, that guy, is mad underrated. Then Je- yeah. I think Rich nailed it perfectly. The main problem is not enough carry threats. Like if I look at their team, it goes like this, right? Jesu I think not very good. Like might be. I mean, x Matty's in the league, so he's the second worst ADC. There you go. Then we've got fucking... Surtis is actually all right. He came in with a bit of hype, but even then, I thought he had some good games. Like, he didn't, he definitely didn't job. have some like, outstanding performance, but he had, some, he had some good games, certainly. So my problem is, realistically, Curtis is the only carry threat on that team. Like, Gen X's whole shit is sort of like, oh, not bad for a role swap. Like, that has to stop. Like, it's are you a good top laner, is the question. And in this team, sadly, it looks like they do play like give Jesu his jinx and he will carry. Like, So it looks like they even do make this guy play fucking weak side or something. So I just think the whole team is just not... Like, it's an okay team for relative to the org and expectations, but I wouldn't be like, going crazy. I think they actually slightly overperformed this split.
1: Yep. I mean, we, we beat top teams in do or die yeah, situations great. for them as well. Like, yes. uh, they, they needed to beat us, you know? Like, uh, Rogue wanted to beat us on stage yep. and we completely cracked them open. Um... Misfits needed wanted to be first place and they had no chance with us. We stomped them in twenty two minutes. Pentakill Jesu. Your favorite player did a Pentakill, Jesu. <laughs> and yeah, like uh, G2, they banned two junglers against me because they thought I'm a two trick and then I played Voliver and I completely <laughs> like Junkos looked like the biggest clown that game. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure like uh like your POV is interesting because you don't know scrims, right? And it's fun to listen to you. But I, like, I disagree as a player, right? With a lot of yeah, stuff. Understandable. Yeah, of course. And um, SK is an organization uh, now with the new GM. I'm not sure if you guys know who it is. I don't know. Tell us. It's, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, actually. Oh, no, I don't. It's, don't, don't, it's don't public
2: info, that. right? I don't know. You tell me. G- I, can bleep yeah, it. I can bleep it out
3: because we're not live. Yeah. So I can check it afterwards. And if it's not,
1: I'll bleep it okay. out. Okay. Okay. So my uh, GM is Creppo. He used oh, to be okay. right? and sure. uh, he has a lot of experience, and he brings all the good stuff that he saw in the in the good teams he worked in. He was, I think, in G2 as well uh, for a couple of. Um, He's like an analyst years. or something, wasn't he? yeah. He's yeah. So like he made a really good environment, and I really like our office, and we have like a cook, personal trainer, stuff like that. So we're like healthy and good practice. So I'm like I'm actually really happy in this org, and my salary is uh, good, <laughs> like i'm pretty
2: happy here well that is the word good means fucking nothing then it's a relative term in it so yeah <laughs> all our players saying good might just agree with everything i just said so carry on next segment Do you it's know good. All, like the other players oh,
0: making stuff so you like talk with each other with the other players to make sure you're all getting like paid a
1: fair amount um i mean you you kind of like if you talk with players i mean we're not allowed to say our salaries right
2: no, you about... are. You are technically allowed to. I just—I okay, mean, that... the org might say you're not, but I don't know. But as far as I know, legally in most countries, I believe it's even a lawyer yeah. allowed to discuss your salary, like just to stop like anti-union behaviour or something. So, like.
3: I, what I would say from as yeah. I deal with like player contracts most weeks they the contracts would have you believe that you are that not like an and idea, the, yeah, the wording but... the wording is specifically also geared around that you're not meant to share salaries with your teammates and stuff like that but obviously i shouldn't say everyone but yeah obviously in reality everyone doesn't it's impossible to please so it's kind of a
1: it's whatever yeah yeah but... when here and there you pick up what people earn right yeah of course because yeah, there's also, earn, also yeah. one one teammate that like likes to pay more often than others right like just <laughs> you just know sometimes who makes the most money or like who should get the most, right? Like if I I look at players like Perks and Alfari, I'm pretty sure, you know, they they make good money, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: Do you ever, this is kind of getting a bit off topic, but do you ever like when you're, (laughs) if you're like negotiating new contracts with teams and stuff, like how do you know how much you're worth, you know, like, do you, talk to, do you like look at other players and you're like, hmm, I think I'm about as good as this fella. How much do you reckon he's making? And then you talk to him and try and find out or do you just kind of take the best offer mm. given to you?
1: I mean, I used to be in situations where I could choose between many teams and then my, I guess my salary would be higher. Like as example, when I played really good years in Schalke where my contract would run out, I think I always signed one-year deals in Schalke because we never knew... <laughs> When it's gonna get sold, you know, it was a ticking time bomb. Um, oh, Darius X Gazprom, <laughs> uh, what? It's all right, don't worry then, about it. Something I, I don't get it, okay. It's all
2: right, and, and then you guys even I, asking him, it's obvious, right? All you have to do as a pro is ask people who were former teammates of yours and the team that you're on. Well, he was on every team and he had every teammate, so he knows all the salaries. Problem solved.
1: I, I mean, I, I kind of have a good idea, I think, where like old of people, of course. But I'm actually really humble when it comes to salaries. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a player that will deny a good offer from like where a te- teammates that I really want to play with, and they right. just it's about a, part uh, of a good team first and foremost. Team. Yeah, like I, I want to play in a team that th- th- with the be- I respect. I can't even fucking talk. The players, <laughs> sorry, the players need to be good, and then I want to play with them, and then we talk about salary. And I will never join a really bad team for a lot of salary. Like, I'm, I don't work like that. You know, I'm not going to go last place and ruin my career. You know, your agent's no. just like swearing at this
3: podcast right now. He's <laughs> okay. just lost all leverage in next next negotiations. So. Not really.
1: <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> like, if, 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 if you, if, yeah, if you sign okay. me, then you know what you're getting. Like you're, okay. you're getting a really good jungler and a lot of experience. And bargain I so there you so, go yeah.
2: the so, joke so, is Rich he'll actually, play for free if
3: needs be <laughs> What's not?
2: Minute? you've actually just fucked him completely Rich what he essentially <laughs> just did there was signal to the world that on the one hand it's good that he's in SK and he feels very confident about the future because of Krepo but on the other hand Rich he would join a team with better players if, the, even if it was less money like please just let him but it's like he's writing SOS and Rich is going like but what exactly <laughs> specifically does he want to do when we get to the desert island goal like <laughs> come on the SOS could be anything. it's like
1: I mean, I, uh, yes, if, him,
2: he's trying to get his way out.
1: Uh, if there was a insanely good team that had a really bad jungler, and I would have the Utility. opportunity. There
2: you go. Right, like, uh, okay. Next
1: I, I, I don't think so, but what I'm saying is, of course, if I join a top team, I know it's going to be instantly a banger year. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not just going to get to worlds. Like, I, I'm a tournament player and I know myself really well. When I step into a tournament, I, it's my tournament and I will go really far in it, you know? And I, if I have a lot of preparation time, like in Worlds, like one month, I'm going to be a fucking beast, you know? So I'm just waiting for that one moment where I actually get to qualify to the World Championship group stage. It's not the fucking play don't care about plans. I want to play the group stage of Worlds, know who I'm playing against, because I'm really good at, um, basically analyzing my opponent and like. Seeing his weaknesses and strengths and making a good game plan. And I mean, Wales is best of one, which I'm really trained in. So I know we're yeah, like, I, oh,
3: sorry, I was gonna say, I know we're like on mad, mad tangents of tangents here, but I just wanted to ask you like one specific thing. Like, do you remember? I think it's when you were on Vitality actually, and you were like, there were like multiple games in a row, or at least let's say like four and five games or something, when you were playing stuff like jacks and going like level two gank bot and stuff like this and people were calling it cheese or whatever was that based off like something you saw in the meta where you're like oh my god this is like really exploitable we can just win the game if i like level two cheese here or was it because like as you say you'd kind of done the research on the guy you were playing against and you're like i know this guy is going to be
1: on the wrong side of the map and they're going to be super vulnerable like what what was that sort of based on i I think i did that versus cousin i think it was uh, I think Kazing and Cobber bot lane, I played Jack's jungle, level 2 gank, and I watched their past three games and I saw that Kazing never wards <laughs> okay. the river or anywhere, like he uses his wards for lane, and then I just level 2 ganked him, got a kill, and the game was over. Because like, yeah, you, uh,
3: you did that a few times. Not that obviously specific thing, but you, I remember that that whole half of the split, you were like constantly yeah. making these ganks like early, and people were saying like, "What the hell's going on? Like, why is he getting away with it?" It was so that was all based on sort of research, I guess, then rather than just sort of. I mean, I,
1: I for every like, I think this it was a seven or eight win streak with Vitality, yes. and for every single game, I picked a, 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 a sacrificial guy, you know, like who has bad habits and who I'm gonna level two kill, you know, and then just find my way to do it, you know, and I played like Javan and stuff as well. All right. I think we have been uh, a bit, a bit sidetracked. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, 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 not at all. That's why we got you here. We want to, we want to pick a brain. We want to hear from you. In fact, I want to hear from you again anyway, so it's not a big deal. I, I just want to talk about the, the cut, the playoffs that are going on right now, uh, turning into spring. don't know about you, but I've personally been quite surprised by G2, the way they're kind of like blossomed in, uh, as, as the playoffs went on and they three zeroed Vitaly and Misfits and uh now we're getting that that um rematch between a fanatic excuse me Fnatic and g2 this saturday i believe um i honestly obviously Fnatic's already beat them once so far in the playoffs um to knock them down into that lower bracket but uh i i don't know with the way that g2 have have kind of looked like they've improved so far and and maybe Fnatic. You know, with that reverse sweep versus Rogue uh, looking a little bit shaky, do you think it's going to go, like, the same way as before? Do you think it's, uh, you know, Fnatic's game to lose and we'll see them in the finals versus Rogue? Or, you know, what, what are you thinking about this matchup between the two? Uh, you know, Gliss, I want to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. What thoughts, what thoughts,
1: um, thoughts. So, when when it comes to, the, the, the like, thinking about their last uh, face-off, mm. of course, I would give it to Fnatic because I think they... They picked them apart pretty well in that best of five. But now, like, I kind of changed my mind because G2 is on this momentum swing, like 6-0 in their last six games. <laughs> and Broken Blade, like, I'm really on the hype train of Broken Blade now. He's, like, really, really popping off. And the some champs that he plays on top lane, like, completely take over the game, you know? Um, so I actually feel like G2 will do it. But I could be very wrong, you know. But uh, I, I really feel like this momentum is a bit too strong right now. And I also saw on the Fnatic face cams. This is just what I like to do. Like when Rogue was reverse sweeping Fnatic, I wow. saw the faces in the cameras, and it really looked like Rogue right? took their souls out of their their bodies. You yeah. know, like it didn't look okay. You know, they didn't not look okay at all. The Fnatic guys, like especially humanoids looked. Like, I, I kind of know that Humanoid and Larsen have this really big rivalry that they really don't like each other. That's at least what I heard, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, could also be that Humanoid is really, really mad now and gonna <laughs> pop the fuck off. But I'm, I'm like, really impressed with Caps as well in the last uh, playoff games. It seems like mm-hmm. Caps found uh, his groove again. So it's for sure gonna be interesting, you know? I, I just think she 2 is gonna do it. Dorian, hit me about it. What do you think, Fnatic
2: G2? Here's the problem. Whenever you're doing talk shows, part of having the conversation isn't just like the reality of what do you think about the game. It's sort of like a meta discussion about how we all thought previously about a team and think about them. Now, it's why narrative discussion ends up dominating most of the chores. So I will say this spoiler it'll sound if you watched all the past episodes of these shows following LEC like every analyst an idiot because everyone said Vitality would be playing in this match right not G2 but I, I, if I look back and think of the opinions people gave no one ever actually was saying Vitality was really good they actually essentially were using this logic they know that the only teams that can win LEC of the remaining teams are Rogue and Fnatic and maybe even in that order and the only chance for another team to do it was for Vitality to be one they are on paper but never were actually in the game so basically people were holding on hope I know I was that essentially I hope Vitality gets this match because I don't think G2 could possibly win this series against Fnatic that's my problem the problem with G2 is they just look a bit toothless against the top two teams like they don't have enough carry threats like so you got Broken Blade looks pretty good right hasn't still even he hasn't really shit on like the series in general like and he was going against like he's just gone against in my opinion the worst top lane of the fucking playoffs in here which is feeding constantly and then even before that like it's not like fucking Alfari was having a great series or playoffs in general so like I I think he's managed to look good but the problem is at the moment at least in Europe no one's going to carry the whole fucking series through top lane that just isn't happening right now it just doesn't work that way you can win lane you can get a couple of kills up but like in my opinion like the Fnatic bot side is just going to be way too strong for whatever the fuck Broken Blade thinks he's gonna do to Wonder. I don't think as much as people imagine. So then when you go to the mid laners, I agree, I actually think this is the difference between the Fnatic super team and the old G2 super team with perks and caps. They used to actually be laughing when they lost games in series. They really would just be like, ah, go next. Who gives a fuck? Ah, we trolled this one. I agree. When you look at those player cams, every game, even from game three onwards, they look tilted as fuck, dude. They look like, what the hell? Like, like if that was a scrim, people don't get this. I said this and people thought it was like a, a sidecourt. If that was a scrim, those would all go next? By the way, they wouldn't play that scrim out. Like they wouldn't keep playing with it down ten k gold or something. You just say fuck it. Like this thing's lost remake. Yeah, we fucked it up. our bad? We'll take it on the chin. So I could tell those guys were fucking tilting. So that's in my opinion the only factor that I think could make this go badly is like maybe if G two wins like the first two games, then maybe Fnatic can like mentally collapse or something. My problem is basically I think Caps just got to look good because he was going against Misfits that for some reason in playoffs doesn't even know how to play around Vettio they've just decided they're a real team now and they're playing real League of Legends. Why the fuck you do that when you don't know how to play the game? And then also, magically, yeah, you know what? art this guy is amazing on Lee Sin. Span Lee Sin. Ah, he's out of the game, yeah. So, like, my problem really is I haven't seen the real G2 yet. I've only seen them play one series I cared about, which was against Fnatic, and they looked a bit shit. I thought they looked way better in these last two series. So if I take a mix, a mixture of the two, I would expect it would be a closer series than the previous one, but I think Fnatic wins it. I just think their team is just too good. Like, the thing about their team that I think is OP, it's what happens when a super team does work, when it doesn't collapse, is when you have that many sick players, one of them just individually, outside of the game plan, can just win you a game. Like, when everyone was talking about those Rogue fanatic games that Rogue lost the first two, they never even mentioned, like, the shit fucking Illesan was doing on Pike at the beginning levels. Like, that just ruins that whole lane. Like, in your mind, how that lane, the game's going to play out is totally different from if the Pike is way ahead in the first levels and could just roam and do anything, or if it's just a normal lane and, like, you know, we keep them under the tower. Like, th- those are things that the, the coach didn't tell him to do that. He just came up with that genius himself. So my problem is this. G2 look like if they play it, what For them, is 10 out of 10 League of Legends. They could win this series. But I think Fnatic almost has to play really badly to lose the series. I think somehow they can even trip over and win. So I'll take Fnatic for this one.
0: Fnatic coming out on top for, for Thorin. G2 coming out on top maybe for... This is this what you said, Gideos, right? Like you are thinking G2 are, are going to kind of bounce back? Maybe they have the... the Actually, like after
1: Thorin <laughs> explained it so well. Like the thing is, Rogue also made Fnatic work so hard for the first two games like Fnatic was really, it must have been exhausting to finish those games off the first two. And then maybe Fnatic was just too tired. And then Rogue just started pounding on them, you know? Uh, So I'm, it's actually hard to say who wins the series. Like I feel like it's going to be a 3-2, like really banger series, like silver scrapes, you know? But I just Wait, don't know. Since, if,
2: since every, all those players were talking about that storyline that apparently, like, Fnatic is shitting scrims or whatever, would you, can you confirm that? Were they, like, just trolling when they were scrimming or just not playing properly or something? Uh,
1: they 5 0 us one scrim day, and then they blacklisted us. So I only got to scrim Fnatic <laughs> All <once>. right. <laughs>
3: Fucking hell, okay. <laughs> like, this, is, uh, this is what I said on the last podcast, <laughs> by the way. I said this only okay. applies for the top half teams because if you don't yeah. prove
1: yourself in the first scrim block, like the Eastern right.
3: teams at Worlds, they will blacklist you. So right. I, I could not be... Fair. Right. I,
1: not not four, four, 5 five zero. It was 4-1. Actually, okay. one game I really, really popped off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the way they draft in scrims is kind of silly, in my opinion. They draft the strongest, most brutal bot lane possible. It's like, <laughs> it's impossible to win lane against that stuff, you know, what they pick. And then they send their jungler bot skips scams and they just explode the game every game on bot and i feel like they it doesn't teach us or them like how to play the game correctly like yes i'm i can match it and it's all gonna be fine for my bot lane but they just like perma push play like really in a stupid way you know and when they're snowballing they're not getting your tower they're like standing in front of the in, in between two towers so right. it's like I, I don't know like what to think about their scrim stuff. Like apparently it doesn't work with the top teams. What they do in scrims with us it worked. But yeah, Ilis
0: is a bit 50-50. Dorian is, yeah. is is more on the Fnatic side.
3: Are you gonna balance it out with the G2 vote or are you also going with Fnatic again? So I'm ki- I'm kind of more in gilius's way of thinking about the g2 thing where i'm it's not necessarily that i'm going to pick g2 to win but i do think they closed the gap a lot i think what's actually really interesting is if you go back and look at the first series between g2 and Fnatic, that is such a weird series when you look at the context of the games they've played since like i was trying to work out like which side of the maps basically both junglers were playing towards and basically neither jungler did anything in most of the early games if you go back and look at those games those early games are like dead apart from game three or four i think there's like it's very unlike g2 historically and it's very like current fanatic they're just not really doing anything so i think the jungle matchup is going to be super interesting because yankos especially in the misfit series was absolutely balling like he was playing so well and basically i think this series comes down to a decision that yankos has to make which is he knows almost certainly that Razork's going to play to bot. Is he going to trade sides and play to broken blade or is he going to basically do what they were doing against Misfits or like even going four man bot and just trying to basically outmatch them in, in on bot side. And I don't know, I mean, what I would say and obviously I'm like the resident hater, right? But I do actually think during playoffs that Flact and Targamas have kind of shown that you could trust them enough maybe to leave them and trade sides, but I still don't know if it's the right thing to do. So my problem is that Fnatic's bot lane, I do think is just better, like just straight up a lot better than G2's bot lane. So that's where I'm really struggling because if they were more even there, I would actually pick G2. I think Razorks just looked very inconsistent. I think he's had some really good games. And I think he's had some sleeper good games where in games they've actually lost where people have just decided that he played badly when he didn't actually play badly. His team just kind of let him down. But I do think he's also had a lot of games where he hasn't looked very good. And Jankos' last five games, I think, of, of the six that they won, he's just been balling out of his mind. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's a lot closer than people think. Um, I also think obviously mid lane's interesting because as, as Gilius said, like, a lot of the players, especially Humanoid, did look completely deflated. And what I thought was really telling and kind of disturbing is that upset of all people was the guy, it seems, kind of like trying to G everyone up and keep motivating while everyone else was deadly silent. Like, upset, I'm not going to chat shit about him or whatever, but he is your stereotypical, like, relatively, you know, quiet diva AD carry who's not the Mr. Motivator. So when it's him, the guy that is giving the big speech essentially and everyone else is silent. I think that's a mega bad sign for Fnatic. Again, you have no idea if that's just going to be them not getting much sleep that night and they'll bounce back or if it is actually, as Gilead said, like Rogue just completely destroyed their confidence. I I don't know which of the two it is. But because of all those factors, I do think it'll be a really close series and I do think it will be five games. I am going to lean with Fnatic. I do just think they have a bit more firepower and I do think the bot discrepancy just limits the impacts that Jankos can reliably have, even if he does decide to uh, trade side. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I go Fnatic 3-2, but I think it's a lot closer. It'll be a lot closer this time around than it was last time around. And both teams are playing differently now than they were during that series.
1: I have a question. Who, yeah. who do you think uh, Rogue decided to to scrim now? Like, uh... oh,
2: which, which team are they scrimming against? Ah, oh. yeah. Because you'd think logically it should be G2, right?
1: Probably, right? And then Fnatic yeah. has no scrim
2: partner or what? Presumably, yeah. So so basically, G2 might be getting better practice, yeah?
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. That's, I mean, I don't think any of the other... Te- From what I know, I don't think any other teams con- are continuing to scrim. Like, people so. aren't doing trials or shit yet. So, I, I, yeah, I guess it must be either no scrims or yeah, Rogue G2. Or
2: play your academy team or whatever, the A.E.R.L. team or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah, maybe. Mm. Probably something like that. I think
0: it's, uh, let's give my opinion on the matter. I, I reckon it's going to be Fnatic taking it. It will be closer than last time, because I do think G2 have really stepped up. But I don't really think it will be mega close, because as much as I do think G2 have improved, um, I think Fnatic have only looked weak, really, because they played Rogue. I just think are really fucking good. Like, let's just put some respect on Rogue's name right now, you know? Like, they're just really oh, yeah. good, and, and I think... You know, we're picking apart how Fnatic played against them, their performances, and, and and all this, all this stuff. Like, fair enough. You know, like obviously there were mistakes, and you know, like lost the series, justifiably so. Um, but it's just really good, honestly. I just, I just think Fnatic and Rogue are like a step above, so Fnatic should still take this series. I think it'll probably be like a three-one or something like that, and uh, you know, that would just be G two kind of done for the split, and then we'll get that final. That we'll get that Rogue Fnatic. Uh, rematch, which I think will be an absolute banger, by oh, the way. be mega, yeah. Yeah, like, it was already good. You yeah, know, yeah. The reverse Man, those uh, first
2: two games, the ones that Fnatic won, like, as you say, it was so close and so hard. Like, if I saw, yeah. when I saw those games, I was like, dude, I just hope both these teams go to Worlds this year. This will actually be a really yeah. good fucking year for you. The,
3: the only thing I would say is, like, game one, for example, where Trimby was literally zero three 3 at five minutes because he was just face-checking in bot lane, like, that's an, an anomaly where they got so... Yeah, yeah. The game should be completely over. So the thing is, obviously i'd bet on it probably being a banger series but there was also just the flip side that rogue had their two worst get ga- worst early games of the entire year and they still nearly won both of them and then just goomba stomped them the next three games like you could or, or you know could anything ifs buts whatever but i wouldn't be amazed if rogue just smashed them in the finals as well but we'll talk go. about that in a bit anyway
0: yeah well let's move on to our to our next topic though um i don't want to talk necessarily about rogue as a team all in all but i do want to talk about the uh the mvp of the series i don't know if that's official or not but i think it's uh, at least unofficially the mvp of of the Fnatic rogue series maurang uh that guy who in the in, in the first half of the spring split was just like crazy levels of pressure ganking everywhere making making himself known across the entire rift like consistently in all the games and then it was coming out about how you know his playstyle is is unsustainable uh different interviews with with various like junglers saying like uh, that you know they just think that maurang's flipping it a little bit right now it's working but teams will you know they'll figure him out and then he'll he'll start to fall off in the second half of the split and then as playoffs uh, approach um i think out of all of us here I'm not gonna name anyone but it rhymes with itch uh was quite critical of Maorang uh, as a player i would say in that in that spring split um and that's nice to see it i don't even want to don't even give me that face person who rhymes with itch don't even do it because we all fucking know we all the vods are there mate if we want to plot the receipts
3: it's all on that youtube channel we can see it you were shitting on that okay, anyway. isn't, isn't the well, <laughs> Isn't the VOD of me saying Mao going to monster diff every single jungler in the first half what? of the season and you then can they'll catch up a bit? That's what I said. That's that what I you said.
0: Thought, you, I swear, even when he was still at his apex, you were like, yeah, but I mean,
3: he's going to, I do just think he's kind of flipped. I said, I said yeah, he would. Yeah. I, yeah. Said he would right. I said he would. I said he would drop off a bit, and he did, and some stuff he does is burger flippy. But I called his up until playoffs. Admittedly, I called his season trajectory pixel perfectly. <laughs> Listen,
2: you were right about the first half of the split, but you did essentially say he was also sort of the reason they would like wouldn't win at the end. they yeah, that is yeah, by.
3: that's that, that is true. Sure. But who knows? He could still be. <laughs> or in terms of, still in still terms impossible. of what's prov- <laughs> in terms of what's provably yeah, so so far. I am right until he proves otherwise. Right. So. I will say
2: as well, to be fair, he is one of the few junglers where, like, a win would, a literally identical player as in a win in a loss makes it look like he inted. Like, mm. he, he would be the easiest to look bad as well. I but yeah, no. I'm very d- d- interested to see what Gilius is going to think but, about him. But yeah, to, right. to, to, be fair, to
3: be fair, though, just finish that off, obviously, I, I, he's playing right now in playoffs against, in these matchups against good junglers. He's playing way better and more consistently than i thought he would like i did think mm. second half of the split it did look like he was tempering off a bit and i thought ah this will continue in playoffs and he has completely vindicated his um entire regular season performance in playoffs so far so yeah i'm i'm definitely uh not 100 percent correct we can agree on on that one we'll call it <laughs> 95 percent We'll call it All 95. Right,
0: elite, Yeah, around, around 95% correct for Rich on that one. Uh but I want to hear your opinion on it, Gilius, as well here. As uh, you know, Maorang, he's 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 been the topic of conversation, honestly, for a lot of this ring split. Just says, you know, coming in as the yeah, coming in from the SK and whatnot. And uh how do you think he is as a jungler? How does he stack up against the other EU junglers? Do you share the sentiment that he's a bit flippy and you know it's just working because teams haven't figured him out? Blah blah blah. You know, just talk to me about Maorang.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so you can be honest i can tell you're kind of just thinking about whether you want to hold back or not
1: i mean i i I, like first of all i have been really impressed with his team's results that's what i'm gonna say like uh, (laughs) i guess what he's doing is really working and i think larsen and trimby are really good at playing with him as well and it seems like he's a korean that speaks good english so that's like very good But like, I've scrimmed him quite a lot actually. I'm not sure why Rogue scrimmed us so much, but we, I played many, many days with them. And I have diffed him a bit too much for my own uh, belief to like, just to say like, he's like better than me or something. Cause I really believe with all of my heart that I'm a lot better than him as a player and jungler. Um, Like my record with him is 1-1. But uh, the first game, it was the first, my first game of the split, I had, I think, I completely out-jungled him the first 10 minutes of the game. No, five minutes. I was 1-0 and then I started inting and uh, yeah. But yeah, coming back to Malrang, I think he's, for EU standards, yeah, I guess he's the best jungler we have right now in Europe, as sad as, this, as it is. I think he would be like the sixth, seventh best jungler in the LCK. In the LPL, he would also get completely annihilated, that guy, Mara. So I think... I think EU's junglers are just really, really horrible right now. That's, like, how I feel. Like, I think Junkos is, like, now abusing it in the playoffs, like, 3-0-ing everyone. I think Razog has been not performing well, except when he's on Volibear. I think his volley looked good. And then... I don't know, Shlatan... I was really impressed by Shlatan um and then something happened to that guy listen was getting banned and he started inting as well so I'm, I'm not sure what's going on in our league like i think the L- the lec is a bit um like i think our top laners are d- decent our mid laners are really good our bot lanes are actually pretty good this year i think but our junglers are really trash so like i don't rate malrang that high you know well, but he's I-
3: yeah sorry I have, a, I have a quick question is there because obviously you know any player is in my opinion is going to benefit from having a mentality that's embedded in self-confidence right like it's it, in my opinion it's if you don't have like supreme confidence in your own abilities you're probably going to suffer a lot for it right and obviously one of the reasons i've always liked you as a personality in league apart from anything else is because you've always been you've always at minimum believed you can win even if other people thought like you have no chance or whatever but has there been like a time that you can think of in recent history where you played against a jungler not just like a one-off or whatever and you have thought like now this guy's like this this guy can teach me some things like this guy's actually levels above me because obviously from what you sound like just to create the chronology there you said that you felt that you believed that you were better than him and then you said but he's probably the best jungler in europe so obviously i'm extracting that you obviously have the self-belief in yourself that you can best anyone in europe when was the last time you felt that wasn't the case and you're like actually shit this guy's this guy's a beast.
1: Uh, so so last year, I think in, in the spring split with Schalke, I faced the first round G2. I lost 3-2 to Junkos. And I think I was outperforming Junkos, so th- that was not him. Then I 3-0'd Fnatic, self-made. And then the next round, I really felt like I got humbled by Inspired. I, th- I lost 3-1 to Rogue. But uh, it feels like it's just hard to jungle versus Rogue as a team. Yeah, because of the lanes right i mean what can you do when the lanes are all winning basically they're just really yeah no they just play really smart all the laners as well it's not like stupid aggression they know what they're doing it's like they are it also shows in their practice they like train really well you know like they don't do many mistakes in scrims where like wow these people are inting you know when you beat them you must really really outplay them you know um but yeah, inspired, and I think Alyoya also was really, really good last year. I think this year I had, like so far, I had a, have a 2 0 record over him. I'm not sure why he was inting with me both games. But like, uh, I mean, he won this, I think, two splits. He was like really smurfing. So I hope uh, he will also be better, you know, in summer. What are your thoughts?
0: Like, I. I... Did you really get a chance? to Like you didn't really get to talk about about Marung really Really, they just asked the goodest question there. Uh, can I can 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 I say
1: like what I think about Malrang, Like the the Hecarim, like on Hecrim he plays Phase Rush, right? Because there's no other room page, and he just looks like a complete god. Because the guy is a good, like he's a decent jungler, you know. And then he will ruin the first two games because he like he's like first strike Javan. Um, what was the it's other thing? Really weird build Yeah. A room for me. yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure his Lee Sin looked so fucking good mechanically. Yes. And then why First Strike, you know, just go Conqueror, Standard Build. It's it's like, uh, he tries to be special. And I think it's, like, people like Kenyon don't do that stuff, you know? He wins if he goes Conqueror on Lee Sin, they win that game. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think so too. And then... Yeah, they give him Hecarim twice and he just completely pops off. Like I'm not sure like it was this the only best of 5 we saw from him this spring?
3: No, they played no. uh Misfits. Yeah, Misfits was the first BO5, right? They went 3-1 mm. against Misfits. I can't yeah. remember what he played though. Not it was ch- the uh, same the build in almost well, every though. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about Malrang, like I, I see that his engages are insane, I see that he is really good in the mid game, like finding angles to engage, uh, he has a good eye for the game, you know, he plays the map well, he plays around his strong side, when people need help on the weak side he will quickly also help them out, I, I just don't see anything special, I'm sorry when i when i played versus eloya i th- saw something sp- special and i when when i played with inspired and rogue i also saw saw some like really special stuff you know but i just i'm sorry i just don't see it
0: rich i'm giving you a chance to slap back at how i treated you before what you're <laughs> telling me about marrying
3: uh, i mean first of all i would say like i feel like especially this playoffs that Hecarim has kind of been like the noob leveler champ. Like, I feel this champ is so easy to play, actually. Like, especially in playoffs where people are being, or even just comp games in general, where people are being a bit more cagey. If you've got someone who's willing to actually go aggro and be decisive, Hecarim just seems so fucking broken. I feel like it's kind of sleeper OP, because obviously it's not getting, like, super high prioritized in, like, the ban phases. Like, people are worried about Zeri and, like, other things that sort of first pick, obviously team dependent or what have you. But I feel like Hecarim, if I'm playing against in fact if the matchup for example which we'll talk about in a bit was like uh g2 versus rogue in the final i feel like both teams just ban out Hecarim because yankos and uh maurang have both been abusing the fuck out of that champion and i feel like it's a perfect champion to play if you know you have to be aggro and decisive but maybe you have you know stage nerves or something like that it's just so fucking easy to execute um whereas obviously there's something that i think you know mao rang sticks out on is you know when you pick something like lee sin and he's not known to be one of the original junglers who had lee sin as their original one trick and expanded from that it's just a pick he can do i think that's kind of what showed him out in my mind to be kind of baller because he's making the same kind of super aggressive plays and getting sick flanks on lee sin and yes albeit it is a flanking champion but i do think that's harder to execute at the highest level um in terms of like how he compares i do think in terms of ceiling i mean el yoya i guess would be the one uh sort of person who's not not here, who we would say, like maybe you could throw him in the conversation historically. But Jankos, Razork and Maorang, his recent history and how they're playing now, most people would say are like the top three best junglers in terms of ceiling at least. And I feel right now, because of his willingness to be aggressive and be decisive and as Gilius says, also bail out lanes when he needs to or what have you, I feel like he's playing the most consistent high level. It's, it's kind of hard to say that because Jankos has been so ridiculously good, as I said, in five of his last six games. But I think the difference is that Jankos has first of all been abusing bad teams whereas uh, Maurong was doing this against Fnatic and Yankos was doing it against Misfits and a very disjointed vitality. And also, I feel like Razorg, as I said before, is just way too inconsistent. As you said, if he gets volley or something like that, he's he's had some really good games. Like he has had some really good games. But I, right now, in order, I would have Maorang as the best, then Yankos, then um, Razorg. Yeah. yeah.
2: My main problem is I'll use the way that um, Gilius set this up where when he was talking about how on the one hand you could be in official games the best in LEC but in scrims he might not actually think this player is as good and in LCK he wouldn't be that good a player so essentially he's using a relative set of uh, valuations here basically here's the here's the way I think about Malreich. I actually don't think he's even close to the best jungler in the LEC, he might be the best jungler for Rogue but that is a very different scenario than the best in the LEC, like by the way by that logic like Synchrov can't even be at all Player, can he? Because he's just on the shit team, so he's all out of luck, isn't he? But no, synchro,
1: syncroft cannot be on a strong team because syncroft is the worst jungler in the league, yeah.
2: By the way, he logic, is the worst. Yeah.
1: No, he's just the worst.
2: By that logic, fact. I think he's mega personally, but yeah. Right, yeah. here's the thing: my problem goes like this: I actually think Malrang the reason why he's perfect for Rogue is more to do with idiosyncrasies of the Rogue players and their own history. Like, I essentially think all his strengths cover their weaknesses, which makes him look really good, but he's not actually that good. Like, I know right now, I can't say at this moment, because if anyone watches LCS, he's a fucking shit show. But, like, I actually think Inspired on past years was a better jungler than Malrang is this year. The difference is, though, I think Inspired's weaknesses were the same as his laners, and so as a result, you just had these gaping holes in Rogue as a team. Anyone who thinks that you can just go in and scream and you play against Inspired and you're just going to clown on him like that only happened in massive playoff series and against the best junglers in the fucking world minus Squipo who was role swapped and even then he was obviously a very intelligent player if you saw how we played it out like Inspired wasn't getting fucking dusted off by nobody's like that uh, forget that narrative and then Malrang if you look at what he's doing if you talk about a pure jungler like let's just think like solo queue style he's not even that good a fucking jungler as far as I can tell like the reason he's so good for Rogue is he plays like a psycho in the early game on a team that's already conservative and is just going to get ahead in lane brilliant that means by the way we're just playing with house money there if he doesn't get ahead himself it doesn't matter now lane is a mega we we can all just in fine. But it means he can just gamble and flip and fucking go for the maddest psycho angles ever early on. That's why I've been on my last few shows. I just call him Jungle Hillisang. That's what he's doing. He's just doing the Hillisang plays that like people don't get this these guys would go for that play in the worst if they were on BDS they'd go for these players they just wouldn't work and they'd look like an idiot and they didn't but I love the fact that when you put them on the right team though they look fucking sick so to me he ganks like a psycho in the early game he sets up constantly mad flanks and fucking engages late if you're behind in a game and you need like that miracle catch or something like what I love is he essentially just fills all the holes in wrong but I actually think as a pure jungler like if I look at anyone in the world like fucking Canyon Malrang last year I've Inspired or something like this guy is. He isn't in the same class as the truly great players. Like if you put him tomorrow onto XL, they're not winning like LEC or something boys. you like nope. would also think he in a lot more. Even though as i say, I think he'd play the same way. I think he just would play this way on every team.
3: I think that the only issue I have with that is that we haven't seen him uh, on a competitive level in the West be asked to to do anything other than what he's doing, at least as True. far as we know. I'm so. speculating. I mean, course, yeah. I watched this games in Turkey oh
1: okay well then then you then you definitely know more more than us about it what was
2: he like in tcl give us some thoughts
1: um he was like just a standard you know just one of the one in the mix i think he made finals but i think he lost in the finals i i think i was was watching only the finals Bo5s always and he was losing to supermassive or something I don't
3: know. By the way, I know why Gilius thinks that Synchro is a terrible jungler. Oh, this this is my get. This is me reading Gilius's mind, okay? So, I think personally, I think Synchro is very good, but I think he's an incredibly smart and cerebral player who has no hands. So, I think in a scrim environment, anyone any jungler who has really good hands, if they decide to play the game in a certain way, I'm just gonna guess that you've abused the fuck out of him in some screenbox
1: yeah. that you have. Yeah, I've abused this guy a lot this split, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm looking forward to abusing him a lot more in summer. Like, if they wanna book us, like I'm gonna, like this guy is not getting a, a single win. But I, I like think- yeah i think okay.
3: this guy is more, even as an individual i think he's more than the, the sum of his hands would be a way that i put it right like i think he's just very smart about how he passed being cognizant that he's not mechanically the best jungler okay. or anything in like a competitive environment again i think players sometimes pro players they do something in scrims and they tell themselves that that would definitely happen on stage when it wouldn't and the other guy the other player's thinking something completely different he's thinking I, uh, that was my a great ish. afk moment i would never do that on stage like, you can never really know the, the, what he's thinking, you know? And I think the case in point is the fact that he has played in official comp games, and he was mega for the first half of the split against players who, as you say, mechanically, he's the worst jungler in the league, in my opinion, yet he diffed, and let's just say, let's be conservative and say in five of the games of the first half of the season, he diffed the enemy jungler. He did, he in did, the games, yeah. that, they lo- even, even them, games that they lost. So I think part of that is in scrims, that guy will never be seen to be a good player. In my opinion, just because of again, as as a cu- culturally how we think about the game, I don't think he'll ev- you'll never leave a scrim
1: block and be like, wow, you know that guy was sick because he has no hands. But why why can he play like that in officials and not in and scrims? But well, first of all, I
3: mean, we talked about this on the on the show last time. But I think the context of when the team is scrimming you and what their goals are for that particular block sometimes you're not necessarily going to know. Like maybe he's trying stuff or limit testing is the meme, right? Like you don't necessarily know what he's trying to do. And also he may always because people play way more conservatively on stage than they do in game, right? Like most scrims it's ten kills at five minutes or whatever, regardless of what you're practicing. This guy may default back into what he believes is the most optimal thing versus how he projects the other team will play which is a more conservative style so instead of you going to meet him at his red buff at level one he might either in his brain bluffed you or double bluffed you or whatever, but he's somewhere completely different because he doesn't want to engage you in that skill matchup, right? Like I think he is a player who is smart enough that he can discern the difference between comp and scrims and he can use that uh, to his advantage like when the games actually count. And as I said, I would say proofs kind of in the pudding that uh, as I said, a relatively unskilled mechanical player was able to diff legitimately good junglers in the first half of the split. It's That's the real. difference.
2: I'll, uh, here's how I can explain my position, right? I actually think you'll notice it's consistent all these episodes. I actually think the most overrated player on flag like, is Razork. Like, I don't think he fits their team at all. But I actually think Razork as an individual player is overall a better jungler than Malrang. He's just on the wrong team. Like, here's the difference. If you put Malrang onto the worst LEC team, like I told you, he'll just in all the games and look shit. Razork would probably make them like a playoff threat. That's the difference.
3: I mean he did, right? For Misfits last year, yeah. he was a
1: bigger yeah. carry than Viego. Big, big
0: part of it for sure, yeah. I want to I want to hear more about Gilius's uh
1: disdain for Sinkrov and his playstyle. You uh... I, I I actually have nothing against him, but yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Oh, here's the thing though. I oh, think like, like... <laughs> when, when, when I'm sorry about... about the lanes. Here's one of the problems you have to think about, right? If you're Gilius, right? you are looking at his team and going he has got fucking Odo there, Larson and Comp like these are some of the best laners in the entire west like so like I have an even fight in this scenario is it? So in that scenario Gilius in his mind maybe doesn't even have to win the scrim if he thinks he just did better decisions or like you know I would have got him here if I'd had an equal fight or something like that's the point people aren't talking about like people because Rogue choked some playoff series people really for real until they beat Fnatic have been acting like their players are just average LEC players this is madness what is going on right now? has no one been watching the last five fucking splits or something they are some of the best players Europe has ever produced what are we doing now what is this shit I'm doing, does no one have any eye test did you all just watch Vitality and go Comp he's garbage get him back to the RL none of y'all have any fucking eye test these fans it's fucking mental mate like you can tell who the good players are you just see it in the game but what happens is just as Comp when he was in fucking Vitality that wasn't a great team for him it didn't work so he looked shit didn't he but you put him on a good team he's like no joke like the second best fucking player in his position the whole game,
1: it, what team you're on, not how good okay. you are. Okay, I'm going to say this. Malrang oh. yeah. is the best jungler in Europe, in my opinion. And I think the jungle level in Europe is really we- low, really weak. I think if uh, a top jungler from LCK or LPL would come over, they would completely take over the league. They will probably not speak English, so it will not work, but yeah. That was my point. Like, Malrang is, for me, the best performer right now, which is sad in my eyes. I think Elioia and me should be... Like, I think Elioia, me, and Makun, I mm. see us being pretty good. I've
0: got I've got two kind of off-top questions. S-
1: synchro- so you want to talk more about Synchrof? Yeah, I, I, would just want, okay, I just sure. want to
0: hear you really put a cap on that because we've actually okay. talked quite a lot about him on this show as someone who, you know, because fucking Australis... Um, BDS. BDS. BDS, sorry. It suck but he's looked he has looked good right and then you're coming on here and you're like nice nah, fucking worst worst jungle in the league you know? He's the so, worst yeah okay i just want i just want to hear more about that i just I, you're, you're very confident in, in your assessment okay
1: so that. so i've been i like I, I with my judgments of players i'm really fair like i give them a few grim blocks before i i think about it like maybe someone has a bad day it can happen to anyone you sleep uh, a small amount and then you just play bad right but I've, I've uh, sadly had the chance to scrim him a lot, the split, sadly. And it has been the worst scrim blocks of my entire career. I think I had better scrim quality was like, like f- fucking five years ago. This is amazing. Or this is shook. These kind of like uh, back then we were also like scrims were like not good quality. But like this is the, the next le- level has been hit. And I'm not surprised that BDS performed as they did in the second half of the split. Because usually in the second half of the split, teams show their real face. And what, like, if they're actually good or if they're bad, you know. Because it's getting important, you know. Um, So so he just ints every single scrim game. He ints every game and he starts all chatting. Like he will tower dive someone, die, and like completely int the game away. And write an XD and all chat. I just like cannot stand it, you know, screwing him. It's just, uh, it's, it's it has nothing to do with being professional. Like, I, I'm legit one of the older guys in the league now. Like, I try to have a good sleep schedule, come into the office, like, not uh, play around, you know, like, play my solo queue games, eat food, and then play five good scrim, uh, scrim games to improve and, like, have good uh, footage, you know. So I go home and I watch the YouTube link and I, like, watch my games and like, I can see... What I'm doing, good and bad, you know. But like B.D.S. scrims, it has been completely fucking useless. So, it, like, yeah, uh, that, right now.
0: Uh, It gets yeah. in the way of what you're trying to achieve with your scrim blocks. I yes, can see why you, why you, it's why for sure sabotaging
1: achieve. my. Yeah, I would also. I, I, think, I would
3: also. Sorry, I would also just say that even if like I disagree with his take about how bad he thinks Sincroff is or whatever, I think it would be almost inconceivable if uh, what Gilius says is accurate for him not to think that Syncroft is the worst jungler. Because when you do, like people, again, as outsiders, you only see the two fucking BO1 games once a week, right? Like if you play block after block, and obviously he said they scrimmed BDS a lot. If you've essentially played it would be fair to say probably like 40 games, right? If you, if these have been one of your main scrim partners against BDS and this guy has straight up inted like 28 of those games, let's say, then yeah, it would be, again, I, I can disagree with you, but still I would imagine that if I was in your exact position, I would- I agree that he,
1: he played really well in the first LEC games. I agree. And I, I think no one expected him to play this well, um, especially on like champs like Diana. Yeah. So I I was also really impressed, you know. I was like, "Wow, this guy! I guess he can just turn it on when he wants to," but then I started to realize that he couldn't turn it on anymore, you know. In the second half, he was terrible. So.
2: I also throw it out there I remember a few years ago I think it might even have been Schalke wasn't it that he was on him so I think I remember a few years back when Memento was in LEC and it was the same shit there like what happened was his team was terrible so everyone was like "Ah, oh, you don't expect anything but then like for the first like say 15 minutes he would always actually do a pretty good job like you looked at, like he got him in good positions and the problem was this right cause his team then lost the game and your brain you went oh but what if but you actually never saw him actually have to do what you would do on a top team cause he hadn't had the chance and what you found was was, when he actually got better team he actually wasn't that good That was that was he was doing everything he could at that point and like it was like he was hinting he had more potential but he didn't show it so I will say it's why I think jungle role particularly it's the hardest to sort of be like you're really good but you're on a bad team because essentially yeah. there's, so many, there's so much speculation like because you are just doing stuff like but it, with this lane I would have wanted like, to oh, say who the fuck knows on that you know we can yeah. definitely have fun conversations but who really knows you know? I mean I'm some
1: teams got, need yeah. a dog jungler some needs a carry you know just depends on the team like if you If you have a mid laner that's like a hard carry, you usually want someone like a jungler who can more like assist people, right? And like uh, play around his lanes and get the objectives. And then if you have a mid laner like Doinkby, then you really want a hard carry jungler who can, you know, use the resources. Depends.
0: I'm, uh, I, I really, I really want to pick on what you said about how you think the jungle role is really crap right now in, in EU. Um, is there anyone just, just real quick because I kinda wanna move on to this topic as well, but is there anyone maybe in like the ERLs or something like that that you're you think maybe is like like the next L Yoy or next market? Right. or something? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. There's
2: gotta be a couple you see. Who's the who's the next talent? Who's the next one yeah. we should watch for in LEC here? Uh, I
1: I think I scrimmed KCorp, And I thought that 113. One, um one one three, he was okay, you know. It was fine i think he's a bit too young still maybe needs one more year like more experience uh, i actually see no one i'm sorry i what think about we maxi milk. maxi on uh oh yeah Ma- from the fanatic yeah i saw that he was put into the contract database of fanatic as a substitute so
3: yeah, I mean, um, there was um, speculation that he was maybe going to play playoffs instead of Razork, I, and I would extrapolate it, yeah. and this isn't a leak. I would extrapolate that that would be because of uh, in-house scrim performances. But also, anyone who watched LVP, obviously, Fnatic absolutely shit-stomped that whole league, and Maxi was like absolutely mega. If they haven't announced it already, he will win the MVP, I, I assume, of that league. like That guy's a joke. But um, yeah, he's the only one that... Because as Gilius said, 1-1-3 like, is a guy who was very hyped, um there were a couple of uh other play i'm trying to remember
2: by the way, if, if no one's ever watched the RLs and specifically the LFL, take every opinion about a player being good from an LFL with the largest piece of salt in the world you can find. Because that is, by the, by the way, I thought reckless, Like I always thought fanatic plus reckless fans equals like pure cancer. The real fucking Venn diagram, mate, is like French plus K Corp fan plus ERL fan. Like that combined and then with the reckless fans, like that fucking bit in the middle there is like everyone who's ruining the world of esports
3: that's the, <laughs> yeah that's the icarus beam from that terrible really James bad. movie yeah
2: <laughs> really
3: bad but, but Ma- maxi if like of all the jungle like all the erl junglers i think maxi's by far the best i think this guy's really fucking good but yeah we'll i see. heard
1: yike, Yiker, and maxi i was These gonna say
3: i was gonna say yike but then i couldn't quite remember what his name was and i was afraid i was gonna say a jewish slur word so i just moved on straight from that one but, yeah, yes. he's, he's pretty...
1: I mean, I guess these two are the hype ones. But I think the ERLs have been kind of milked really hard. Like, I think El- El- Elioia... Who came? who came, Elioia. Shlatan, obviously. Shlatan, yeah, yeah. Shla- Shlatan was really good. Ma- Makun was really good. Yeah. Like, he mm-hmm. became really good in the Academy Leagues. I think these rookies, the junglers in the L, need, like, a few more years still. It, that's how I see it. Because... Uh, if they would like join right now, they would get crushed. At at least this is what I'm seeing from their play, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I just wanted to get your thoughts on like the future of the jungle if it's not looking too hot right now. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, again uh, yeah, yeah Max. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I want to move on. Last topic you have got for us today, uh, talking about the very, very grand finals, not the matchup we're going to see on Sunday between Fnatic and G2, but whoever might win in that matchup going up against Rogue. Uh, what do you think is going to be easier for Rogue? Like, If they could choose right now, who do you think stylistically has the best, Rogue has the best chance of beating? Obviously, Rogue is looking really strong as is, but if we can try and bring some more nuance into it, do you think they'd rather play versus Fnatic or would they rather play versus G2? Uh, Dorian, I'll come to you first on this one.
2: I think they would have a much easier time against G2 like I think if you just look even at the champion pool of caps and the comps that they currently draft in fucking G2 I think that's a dream for the fucking laners of Rogue they're just gonna have the, an easy time with it and then my problem is the only real X factor I can see on the G2 side is maybe Jankos can do something with his teammates if they set up some sort of trap for Mal- I don't know mate I don't think anyone can stop Rogue at this point but I think G2 the difference is like they look I I, I don't know why people took it so harsh when Dom said this on my show he, he made a point that there is and he doesn't believe in G2 is they never seem to do much with a lead first of all they barely ever get a lead and then when they do have a lead they're not the least dangerous bloody team in the whole league like you just go like okay they're slightly ahead of us like the the difference is when you saw like we were talking about before about those Rogue versus Fnatic games first of all Rogue was fighting like a motherfucker to stay in these games and then Fnatic was still always one step ahead like that's really hard like you have to have like a really good roster or full control of the game to do that G2 doesn't have either in my opinion so I just think the difference is I can see a world where Fnatic can beat Rogue I don't think G2 can in the best of five.
0: Um, before before I ask you, you you beautiful people about your opinions on that as well, I feel like we kind of talked about that before when we were talking about the semi-final matchup. Um, do you have any like big point you want to make about this? You know uh, About Rogue in the finals, Rich or, or Gilius? Or uh, I feel like maybe we've kind of already talked about it and I can talk
3: about the rookie of the split.
0: Maybe start. do
2: this what angle. Do it. Can. Maybe just quickly say like what would have to be different for one of these teams to beat Rogue or something. Maybe, maybe that's an angle you could do.
3: I mean, I think as well, I think, as I said before, like when with G2, I think there's a couple of things that they did which they don't do anymore. Like, for example, again, if you look back at the G2 Fnatic first series, like they had some really whack drafts, G2, and then they kind of got rid of that, got that out of their system when they went on their 6-0 run. I think the way they're playing the map now is completely different. This is going to sound like a cop-out answer, but I think whoever wins is going to be the bigger threat because I just feel that that will answer the question of, what Gilius said at the start and then I kind of bandwagoned on, which is G2 have closed the gap to Fnatic, but I don't know how much they've closed the gap. I don't think they've gone past them, but I'm not not actually sure. So to me, whoever wins, as I said, it's kind of a a cop-out answer. But if I reverse engineer it and think of Mm -hmm. the reasons why they would win, part of a big reason for that would probably be how mentally broken fanatic were after the rogue series so if for example yankos breaks his hand and that's like mid-game and that's the only reason why Fnatic squeaks through i would have thought in hindsight that g2 would have been the much uh better team rather than you know fanatic because obviously they're so mentally drained or what have you from the previous series so my issue is with g2 it's like wonder did kind of get outplayed by otto like if i start like breaking down the matchups but if you look back at the Broken Blade games that he's played against Otto this season, he got even more destroyed than Wonder did last season by Otto. Jankos is more consistent than Razork, but I think Humanoid carries more of a mid lane threat right now in their current renditions than Caps does in terms of being like a carry threat. So I think one of the, I, I would say that Fnatic would, uh, Rogue would be more fearful of Fnatic, let's put it that way, than G2. But I think in terms of a win con for G2, should they play Rogue, it will be something like, Putting caps on a karma or one of these hyperscaling like shield mid picks or something where they just manage to survive long enough that actually some of these weird, unusual uh, support comps that they've been running just pays off. A seraphine mid, for example, I could see countering rogue to some extent in terms of how they play the game, but at the same time, the reason why a seraphine pick would counter Rogue would be because you accept that you're just a worse team and that this is a way you can be losing and still win the game right so I have to believe that Fnatic has a better chance just because I feel like they probably do have the higher ceiling and even though G2's closed the gap a lot I don't think they're quite there yet I I find it difficult to believe that enough players on G2 could win against their opposite numbers to create a a win con I, I don't really see it so let me
0: rephrase this question for you, Gidus, because I want to get your opinion as as a pro. Like, you mentioned how in the in the in the cams of Fnatic when it was when they were versus Road, they just were done. You know, it was absolutely done. Soul's been Soul left their body, and once you'd got to the um, like game three, they had to work. Like Fnatic had to work so hard to win those first two games. You thought maybe they just you know just knackered, it, was just taken out of them, and that might have been a big contributing factor. You know, as a player, like, what do you do? anticipating you know let's say they get into the fanatic gets into the finals and you're against rogue again um you know how do you stop that from happening again because it's not really an in-game thing you know like that's something that's outside the game like how do you kind of rally around that and and try and make it so this time around in the finals you don't you know choke on the reverse sweep
1: mm. i think it's uh it, it just depends from player to player like some players play f- five games in a row consistent you know and they are good at like keeping their concentration and have good breathing throughout the series. It has a, a, actually a lot to do with the human breathing as well, you know? When you're playing important matches, if you, some people... Uh... Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure how <laughs> to explain this, but... Any maybe mouth, mouth breathers on your team, Gilius? <laughs> but yeah, you, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And then... Yeah. I guess... Meditation helps at least me. If you know how to meditate like on stage, like close your eyes and completely just take your mind somewhere else, you know, and like free up your mind and be really in the zone of what you want to think about right now. Like basically mind controlling yourself, you know, to be in the zone. Like I tried this and it has worked for me once, but it also doesn't work always. Sometimes the tilt is too strong, you know, and then I, get, I guess if if Fnatic fails, I think it's for me just, their I guess the way they practiced was just not good enough. Like every day you have a chance to play five games and make these five games efficient. And if you throughout a whole split can't manage to be good energy through five games, then you will not win a close series either, you know then they just have to 3-0 everyone they face, you know, FNATIC. And if they can't, then
3: I like It's also worth mentioning that obviously whoever whoever wins on Saturday has to play immediately another best of five the next day, which for some people, they might see it as good because it's like if you have a great series and you've got a bit of momentum or whatever and you have more on-stage practice or what have you. But I think most of the time, most players would probably rather not play back-to-back best of fives like one day after another also it eats into your preparation time as well right because you have to prepare for two completely different teams and obviously you're showing a shit ton if you go five games of like all your picks and all this kind of stuff so like as a player gilius would you rather like let's say that wasn't a case of you're in this position because you lost a series but would you rather play like back-to-back series and feel more prepared for the second series or would you rather have the rest and only have to play the one series?
1: I think I think Rogue is in the advantage, uh, advantage here. They get to see their opponent, you know, and they get to uh, relax more and prepare more. But honestly, I think both ways are fine just depends on the on the on the player like if he sleeps well after victory then some players just celebrate too hard and then they are tired the next day just depends you know yeah like i'm not sure what to answer
0: no no it's cool i know it's a lot of individualism individualism goes into it right just it's but it's nice to know your you know if you have any uh opinions as being in those positions because you are the pro player not us um let's move on though about from 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 the playoffs and stuff like that i think we talked a lot about that we covered most of that uh, and before we go i actually want to introduce a topic that i know is going to bring a lot of energy and passion specifically into rich and thorin here the rookie of the split announcement uh, just went live and you can see the voting as well like who voted for who first second and third uh, it was shlatan i believe who took it uh, at, who got the rookie of the split um but uh, yeah, some questionable votings. I know you guys had some choice opinions uh, on this. Um, I'm just gonna let you guys take the wheel on this one. So uh, hit me first, uh, Rich, and then I'll uh, I'll pass it over to Thorin to really cap out the show because I'm sure he's gonna have a banger for us.
3: Yeah, I mean, we obviously spoke at like our own award show at the halfway point of the regular season, and then at the end of the regular season about you know what we thought. People, what awards we thought should be given out and to whom. And obviously the rookie of the split was one of these. And I don't think, I think Fox mentioned Zlatan, Zlatan once as being someone who'd come in and done you know, pretty decent or whatever. That might've been at the halfway point, I can't remember. But I think certainly by the end of the split, we were kind of basically thinking like Unforgiven was like a clear front runner. So to me, like the weirdest thing is not only, first of all, to see that the front runner, I think for all of us, came third but that actually if you look at the ballot he was two votes away from not even being on the list which is absolutely mind-blowing to me and you know one of the nice things i i do like about how they do these lists is that people are accountable for their votes they do publish the whole thing and you can go in and see it because i do think the context is important system, and again you've got you know you've you've got a lot of I would call group think in terms of how these people are voting and especially if you know you look at the uh, on-air talent people basically the Riot casters and the analysts and in the same way that a bunch of them voted for humanoid for first team lec which I think thought was rather strange you can see similar patterns here that a bunch of them voted for flacked as their rookie of the split. Which, as you know, a, a point um, Thorin made off air, and I'm sure he'll reiterate, seems to just be ludicrous recency bias in, in terms of how he played towards gender split. Because for the first however long, I mean, I'm not gonna uh, again, I'm the resident flax hater here, but I'm not gonna go ahead and say he was really bad or anything like that. But he was not inspiring, he was not good, he was a run of the mill, lady carry, and that in itself was above expectations for me. So, good props that doesn't mean you get fucking rookie of the split though does it that means that i don't come on here and fucking flame the shit out of you for how bad you are or actually i probably wouldn't blame you for flaming the organization for what rubbish pickup that was so great props to flaked, but the amount of number one votes he has here is absolutely mind-blowing mercer i think is like a little bit of more of a nuanced one where i think When you're trying to judge support players, it can be quite difficult if you don't have access to comms and you don't understand, like, the jungle support dynamic and who has what responsibility on the team. I do think that's harder to judge. An AD carry is fucking easy to judge. Like, come on, what magic role do you think Flax's doing on that G2 team, by the way, with Jankos and Caps as leaders on that team? That that should propel him that far forward. So I thought it was really weird. Just, I mean, if I'm giving mine off the top of the dome, I go Unforgiven first. And then, oh, I don't even know. Like, th- this wasn't like some amazing crop of like rookies that just came through, right? Like, I feel like when O Yoya hit the scene, for example, it's like, wow, okay, unbelievable. Like, these crop of rookies are great. I don't have that feeling this time around, and I'm actually struggling to think of who I would put. I'd consider I don't I don't even know. But to me, the fact's that the most egregious thing is the fact that Unforgiven nearly didn't even make the top three. Whereas for me, he was actually the number one. Uh, should have been number one and comfortably number one. I think people forget how bloody good he was in the first part of the season. People were talking about Unforgiven being a potential MVP candidate in the first four weeks. It was The whole narrative was they lost Kazi, who for some reason, not me but loads of people thought was a really good player. And it was kind of like the comp Hansama situation of, wow, it's so good that they haven't missed a step in the AD carry role when they've replaced their franchise AD carry player. And he was playing better than I've ever seen Kazi play on Mad Lions from my perspective. So to see Unforgiven come third in rookie of the split when this was the crop of rookies, I th- I think is mental, absolutely mental. And there are a few other things I could say about certain picks, but I'll, I'll uh, leave, leave that to... Uh... Mr. Esports. Go on, Mr. Esports, hit us up.
2: I'll do the real version first which is my actual thoughts on the rookie of the split then I'll do some of the individual ones I think I'm mad on this ballot which by the way I actually think it's good that they are transparent with who voted for who because in my opinion by the way because this is one thing you're going to get people who are going to because one thing that's really annoying is people will always get butthurt on behalf of someone who is wrong so for example if I call out like Trouble Inc now and go why is an SK Gaming content creator paid by SK Gaming voting for an SK Gaming player in their top three like it's an obvious rule anyone who ever seen any MVP voting ever knows you don't vote for your own player that's just how it is now if I say that people are going to get buttoned and go yeah but is it really that big it, but is it that no that's the whole point these are awards for all of history so you know what if you put your name down and you want to you wanna have a part of control over the history of esports it should be known who you voted for that's accountability it should actually have to be in the same way as this motherfucker is going to be the rookie of the split forever now whether he was the rookie or not your name's going to be voted with your vote forever etched into the fucking walls of the pyramid for centuries to see you were a fucking idiot or just corrupt now let's go to the actual voting right because my problem is this the entire list is explained by one concept recency bias this is for real people who look like one if you look at when they've done this it looks like they were able to vote during the playoffs that has almost certainly affected some of these votes and then two that if you look at the people who are like bizarrely high up they're all just people who had good games the last like six to seven games of this regular split so for example people like Schlatan are at the top of the list because in the second half that was when all his great games were they ignore that in the first half he was doing fuck all Vettio had to do everything in the team or Neon with the odd team fight so my problem is the recency bias just ruins it this is basically just the last round Robin not the first one the first round Robin Unforgiven is the clear number one for me like I think he would be number one far and away I can't even believe there's some people by the way who don't even have him top three for real, there are people who are like, here's a mad one for you, right? I'll give you an example. So whoever this is from Mad Lions, it might even be fucking Mac. I'm not sure what his name is, but he has voted X Matty his number three. That's even the same fucking position. That's even the same position. Unforgiven players. And it is, for real, one of the worst players to play that position in the LEC. And you're voting him in all of the LEC. Right? Like, at this point, here's the problem. I also know this, right? The reason why I go hard as fuck at the on-camera talent is because they're only supposed to be judging off what they see on screen. I can at least give leeway to coaches and players. They might, in scrims, believe something else. Like, maybe in scrims, they're amazed how well Flackhead held up in a bunch of these, you know. At least they have other reasons that they could have a different opinion than me. I don't know what the fucking on-air talent is smoking with some of these picks. Like, if people don't know, Menick doesn't have Unforgiven on the list at all. He has Mercer as his fucking third, and he has Flackhead number one. Same role Unforgiven played. Now, who's in a better team? Unforgiven? Of or flackered? Is it even a fucking debate? It's easily flackered. And I think even then, I test wise, he was worse than unforgiven. Like, I don't get this fucking, this whole list, mate. Like, we're supposed to be a league where everyone brags about how much they want rookies and how we want to develop talent and how you shouldn't hang on to the old guards, you know, and just give them a gig. So when comes a rookie to a team that no less were the champions last year, but they've had to re-up and they haven't been able to get big, big names, you come in and as Rich says, you outperform the fucking player who recently was in that position and definitely all the other rookies at your position. And at the end of the split, there's people who don't even give you a vote for a shitty little rookie award. Like, we're not even celebrating greatness in this league. It's just shit WWE storylines. Like, guess what, fans of WWE? Sometimes the guy who won that match wasn't actually a better wrestler. They just thought the story was cooler. Except the problem is you motherfuckers are trying to do that to sports.
3: How, do you like the cheeky or votes? There's a couple of cheeky or votes as well. Those a, a troll
2: vote, surely. Surely. Right. surely. It must be, right?
3: No. Right. A couple of day all votes. Although I would say this guy went flax number one, unforgiven number
2: two, day all number three. Interesting. Uh... Oh, by the way, just a little update for you, Rich. Your boy's back. That's right, that fucking Greek guy for PVP Media's back and he's voting Greek people in again. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Greek. You know what? Scrap the whole all, uh, awards. Let's make it like Europe Vision. We'll start with voting blocks, and the UK voting block will only be giving our votes to Exmati and fucking Cajal and whoever else is still in the league. Like, we will not be giving any votes to Germany due to our historic uh, uh, affront to Germany, the country. Why don't we just do that if we're going to go this route? Like, that's another immediate disqualification from voting. You only vote for people from your country you're out. You're just out the door immediately. There's no discussion. Because here's the problem. No one would complain if it was a Greek player, but it was like fucking Vethio was Greek. Yeah, we'd all be fine. This motherfucker has only voted for him because he's Greek. It's pathetic. It's just pathetic. Remember, like I say, the whole purpose of this award isn't actually, by the way, give the person props now. It's for f- posterity. It's so that in five years, you can go back and look and go, wow, Shlatan was the rookie of the split. No wonder he went on to have a great career as a jungler in the LEC. That's how you're supposed to be able to look at it.
3: Uh, this he voted he voted for mercer first place as well i i i've seen i i didn't actually spot that the first time around but yeah no, it's uh it's just outrageous i can tell that uh, that uh, gilius doesn't give a fuck about this but i
1: want to know what his thoughts are anyway mm. <laughs> I, I i don't i don't really care i also don't look at uh, who voted for who I, I just i did that once and then never again i thought that 2020 i'm going to be MVP of the split summer split Think I played pretty well. Did you get? Uh, obviously,
3: for people who don't know, that was Schalke's most famous miracle run because obviously they had multiple miracle runs. Uh, do you do you actually know where you featured in that? or if you got any votes, were you were you on the
1: list at all? Oh yeah, I was. I had. I think some
2: think people voted me MVP. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah,
1: many people voted me MVP, but there was some teams that didn't didn't even put me top three because they just didn't like me. Like I think Cirx's team, like Cirx and me, have never liked each other. I think he didn't even put me in the top three. Then some other players as well that i beat you know so it's fine you know but like i i think it's anyway always like this mvp is popularity contest you know like mm -hmm. if i think everyone loves the okay i cannot even say what it is actually this was close and who won the the award
3: uh, that year for context
1: who won uh, caps caps Okay. just second time in a row i think i even had a better record than him in the whole split like win lose wise uh I'm not sure what happened there, but yeah, Caps. Everyone loves Caps. I'm happy for Caps too. He's really great. Like I'm, I'm actually fine with him b- b- winning MVP avo- votes, uh, awards because he's like such a great guy, and a good player. And then there's some players where I'm just like shaking my head, you know.
0: And I think, have you guys got any other rage to get out of your system, or have we? Uh, got it actually, serious? I'm
1: really sad about this episode. I flamed a bit too much. I'm not sure what happened. Started sweating in the middle of the episode. Fucking <laughs> hell, man! <laughs> Always the shows with Torin. I'm like completely flaming everyone. Leaving that, you're relatively fair, you know, just don't
0: have a lot of respect for certain individuals. Nah, stars, I'm, I'm going to have you. a lot of
1: trouble after the show for sure.
0: <laughs> oh no, it social is. media. If you weren't chatting shit, we wouldn't have you on the show.
1: Come on. Yeah, on. in who peace. who you are at this point. Oh,
2: by the way, just as a random shout out, because I'm looking down this list, I already see one name. She's called Meg Kidd. She works for Deserto. Oh, She's yeah. got Rika number two, yeah, of yeah. course, as a rookie. By the way, that's an idiot who publicly, just, you'll love this Rich, works as a journalist and publicly came out and did that thing where they say that I like blackmailed LS or something. By by the way, that's not even what the term blackmail means, you moron. Like, learn fucking English if you're going to be a journalist and speak in English. And you know what? If you're going to vote on how good players are, maybe watch the fucking games and know what you're talking about. But that's crazy because, wait a minute, why are you even in this? Because stupid LEC just lets people with press passes bloody decide the MVP and the rookie. Why is that still a thing? Like, I know that is the way it works in sports, but the media are the ones who vote for it. But the media are the most likely to just go with narratives and what the cool story that sells is. Think about it, right? you're literally asking them how many hits do you want on this news post about the mvp of the league think it through for fuck's sake
0: yeah i'm just surprised even when i was on broadcast and i got a vote i was surprised it's like i don't fucking know you know all all i can see is like just what i'm just like a fan really at that point but you know whatever i mean
3: that that's the thing it's like with with someone like shocks for example like i'm not gonna be like oh shocks doesn't know anything about the game whatever but when you're when your role that is connected to the game doesn't actually have anything to do with how much you know about the game or not. It is kind of weird that you're just assigned a vote by default, like sure. like being a host. Like I could host like not very well, but I could host like the LEC without doing any research, like on the specifics or whatever. Just having a base level knowledge of what's going on. Obviously, there's a bit more to it than that. I am underselling it a bit, but the point is, I'm not there to be for a game example, knowledge if, person. If,
2: if people don't know, like Machine has hosted like TI. And he's not a Super Duper Dota Two guy, for yeah. example.
3: Yeah, like I'm not there to be a game knowledge person yet I'm being given game knowledge responsibility if that makes sense. Again, she could be fully worthy of that vote if it was based on merit but it's done fairly arbitrarily to the point where I don't really think it can be based on merit because again this guy from this Greek uh, publication is he's obviously not been given it on merit has he? They just want to get a good diverse group that covers a lot of ground and yeah that can unfortunately backfire and again... Same people, Vitality and fanatic I guess this was done at the same time, but did not participate. They're as much to blame as well. Like not voting is as bad as doing a troll vote because it's not about doing one bad vote and saying, "Oh, it doesn't really matter because he he was the only person who did it." No, you're denying a vote for a proper yes. candidate, and therefore you're tipping the scales. So, yeah, it's. I mean, again, we're complaining about it. it. I would say that this whole process is a lot better than it used to be, but. It, it's not going to stop us from getting frustrated. Oh, we it'll see. always be
2: like this. Yeah. Look, it's good fighting for shores at least. So there's that. <laughs>
3: yeah, true. And on that
0: note, I think uh, that's about all we have for, for today. Anything else you guys want to want put in here before we wrap things
3: up? No, okay,
0: well, oh, guys, I care. Oh, so- whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, 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 TSM.
3: TSM. This is a lesson for everyone out there. If TSM ever fuck you over, whether you're a player or, you know, maybe they abused you in some way, verbally, so far, officially, anything else is, you know, just hearsay. Uh, Threatening police action does apparently sometimes get you what you want because my jersey has finally actually been shipped. Has it arrived? No. So I'm not going to completely pack uh, Pat Reginald on the back yet. But things are looking up. My Sven 5.5 fucking K jersey is inbound, supposedly, so... I will update me. you as and when. We love a happy ending,
0: or what looks like it might be going towards a happy ending. Uh, Gilius, thanks a lot for taking time to yeah. join us today. I appreciate it. It was nice to hear Thank your you. thoughts and stuff. Thanks a lot for watching, you all. We'll see you next time.